Previously on Wormwood, Brent Saunders, distraught over the death of his wife Emily, attacked Hank Mason at Emily's funeral, forcing Sheriff Bradley and Deidre Frost to intervene. Meanwhile, Rachel Nolan and Jacob Kidder narrowly escaped several menacing hooded men in the Wormwood Quarry and found themselves on Cedric Bloomington's farm, where it's never a safe place to be at night. Once a prominent psychologist, tragedy forced Dr. Xander Crow down the dark pathways of the occult, and he was transformed. Now, chasing the vision of a dead woman, Dr. Crow finds himself in the haunted town of Wormwood, where evil lurks in the shadows and stains the souls of its inhabitants. Welcome to Wormwood. Episode 13, Questions and Rumors, written by Rob Allspaugh. Soon your pain will be over. One way or another. Huh? What? Where am I? Oh, hey, Deidre. Well, now, I'm not sure that's the best response after two days in my bed, Brent. <laughs> no, it's not that. I, I just forgot where I was for a moment. What were you doing with my hands? Strange, I, I was having a dream about Emily. We... We were walking hand in hand down to the quarry. God, I miss her. Oh, come here. Come here, darling. Let it out. It's gonna be okay. Thank you for being here. I don't know what I would have done if you had not been here. Ever since they found her body, I've been having these dark, terrible thoughts. God, my head hurts. Do you have any aspirin or something to wash it down with? Is there any vodka left? You killed the vodka last night. You know, Brent, it doesn't help the pain. You're not my sponsor, Deidre, so stop treating me like an alcoholic. I'm just trying to help. I've been down this path before. I know what it's like to lose someone you love. But uh, you are helping. You helped me last night and the day before. It'd be great if you could help me tonight. Say my place at 10 o'clock. Oh, I don't think so, Brent. What do you mean you don't think so? That's exactly what I mean. I don't think so. This was a one-time offer. One-time offer? But last night... Last night was last night, and now we have today. Why don't we just leave it at that? We had a good time. Let's not ruin it. Brent, you know nothing more can come of this. You know that, right? So I'm just a plaything, is that it? Is this how you get your kicks? I'm going to let you get away with that one because you are not in your right mind. I just buried my wife. How could you do this to me? How many of the men in this town are you screwing? I can't be the only one, not with moves like that. All right, get your clothes on because I think it's time for you to leave. Don't worry, I'm out of here. I wouldn't want to interfere with your next mercy mission. Who I bring to my bed is my concern, not yours. But I'd think long and hard before you go mouthing off about infidelity. You shut your mouth. You don't know what happened or what went on between Emily and me. I knew when you were cheating on her. Who do you think she went to when she found out you were sleeping with that woman in Lionsville? 
We were friends, Brent. And yet, I never knew that, did I? I wonder why she never told me you were friends. How sad is that? Does it bother you that you knew so little about Emily? Why, even Dr. Crow seems to know more about her than you do. Stop it. Don't say her name. Never say her name. She would still be here if it wasn't for Crow. She would still be alive. Oh, that is not. I don't know how he did it, but he did it. Don't you see? It's right there. I see that you need to lay off the boots. It's Crow. Crow says he's come to Wormwood to find a drowned woman, but Emily was alive when he got here. How would Crow know about a dead woman unless he had planned to kill her? What possible motive would Crow have had for killing a woman he had never met before? How do we know that? How do we know what, Brent? How do we know Crow didn't know about Wormwood? How do we know Crow didn't know Emily? She left and came back before she left. Maybe she had met Crow then. Emily never liked to talk about what happened to her after her first boyfriend killed himself. How do we know? What about Dexter? You know what they say? Oh, that poor boy. They're saying he's the one that killed her. Crow's a psychologist, right? He could have easily hypnotized Dexter. I've read about that. Brent, just don't do anything stupid. What do you care? Lose my number. We're done. Well, that is sure going to make things awkward at the diner. Wow. I can't believe you broke out of a lockdown. This is a whole new you, Jake. I can't stay there. Not like my mom and dad care, anyway. You know what they said last night? We'll be at the book club meeting until late, but you're still grounded. Don't go out or we'll know about it. (laughs) I swear, I don't think I could imagine weirder parents. Are you going to tell me where we're going? Yeah, to see Jimmy. (sighs) No way. No. There is no way he will be any help to us. Why do you say that? He's cool, and he's taken all those courses at the junior college. He must be able to help. And he might be able to explain your condition. Condition? What condition? I'm a ghost. That's what Bloomington said. I think. At the very least, I'm undead. You know, eaters of the living flesh. You're not a zombie. Well, you're not still sticking with your Star Trek theory, are you? I'm not sticking with anything until we find out more. Occam's razor, Jake. The simplest explanation is usually the correct one. No one but you can see me, no one can touch me, no one can hear me, and I can walk through walls. That, to me, is the very definition of a ghost. Nope. Just can't believe you're a ghost. Why not? Because if you're a ghost, then that would make you Patrick Swayze, and that would make me Whoopi. Whoopi? What's a Whoopi? My point is that if you're a ghost, then it means you're dead, and I won't accept that. Not with you standing... You know, floating right here. No, oh, well, I didn't know you thought that way. Well, I do. Can you not float in front of me? It's making me a little sick. Sorry. It's okay. Look, there's Jimmy. Let's at least talk to him. Hey, don't you remember that rumor about Jimmy when he was in middle school? You mean the one where he blew himself up lighting his farts down at the quarry with Ronnie Henderson? No, the other one. <sighs> Fine. Let's go talk to him. It's not like I could stop you anyway. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, Jacob. What's up, little dude? Uh, You know, if there was anyone in this misbegotten town who could have been drugged up enough to see me, it would have been Jimmy. Don't worry. We'll figure it out. Figure what out? You've been acting really weird lately. You hire something right now? I wouldn't even know where to find drugs. Dude, it's totally easy. Honestly, Jake, what do you think you're going to get from Jimmy that you couldn't get from the back of a cereal box? He can barely tie his own shoes. 
Actually, look at that. They're not even tied at all. Jimmy, I need to ask you a question. Shoot, little buddy. Little drug buddy. Oh, hey, any word on Rachel yet? Uh, well, we haven't heard anything yet, but I hope to see her soon. That's cool, man. Keep the faith. She was always cool to me, even a little sweet at times. I hope nothing bad has happened to her. I bet she took off to New York the way she said she was going to. I kind of admired her for her determination like that. Aw, that's sweet. Maybe he's not so hopeless after all. Plus, the way she filled out this year was fantastic. She had a really nice rack in that school uniform. And there goes that notion. Dude, you ever hit that? I always saw you guys together. Maybe a little Dawson and Joey love action going on. A couple of visits to the doctor's office, maybe. No! What, you don't like chicks? I mean, it's cool if you're into that. Oh, you know, I could set you up with Tyler, formerly the drummer of the Depressive Mannix. He's never admitted it, but I think he definitely plays for that team. Or he's at least bi. I heard he did hook up with that Lamora chick. I'm not... I'm not gay. Come on, Jimmy. Don't talk about her like that. She's my friend. She was seriously going to be that girl who was, like, super hot, but didn't know she was hot, which made her even hotter. Okay. Now I'm settling on sweet, but lecherous. It's not like that. She's like a sister to me. Oh, I see. If you can only see Rachel as a friend, then that means there's another girl. Who is it? There's not a... There's no one else, okay? My friend, you are smitten with someone. Come on. You can tell your old pal Jimmy. Maybe we can team up and serenade her with the power ballad. Yeah, Jacob. Who is it? I told you there's nobody. I don't like... As a fellow artiste, I know when the muse is struck. Resistance is futile, my friend. Yeah, Jacob. Tell him. Come on. Maybe I can help a brother out. I can tell you my tales of conquest, like the time. Harmony. Oh, you want to harmonize on a power ballad? Harmony? Harmony Barrister. I've... I kind of had a thing for her since the fifth grade when she moved to town with her parents. The sheriff's niece? But I've never seen you hang out with her. What's up? Why haven't you asked her out? You're a good-looking kid. Kind of funny. Don't smell too bad. It was her first day of school. She'd only been in town for about a week or so, I think. She didn't know anyone. Harmony was introduced to us in class, and I couldn't keep my eyes off her. And then the only chair available was right next to me, and as she got closer, I could feel myself getting more and more nervous. And when she turned to say hi to me, I could only croak or grunt at her. After that, I could never talk to her. Dude, that's rough. But it's funny now. Joke about it with her. She'll love it. Chicks dig vulnerability. Well, there's vulnerability, and then there's hopelessness. I can't do it now. Too much time's passed. She sat next to two boys that day. On the left was me. And on the right was Doug, Doug Wilkerson. Wilkerson. Is that the quarterback? Isn't he dating her now? Guy's a world-class douchebag. Seen him out with, like, a bunch of different chicks. That's him. Good old Doug. He, you know, they've been best friends ever since that day, but he cheats on her all the time. We call him Date Rape Doug. He even hit on Rachel. He did? How'd that go down? About how you'd expect it to. She looked at him like he was the cockroach that he is and walked away. Well, thanks for getting that part right. Harmony doesn't even know. Or if she does, then she doesn't care. Either way, she's too stupid, eh, or she's too slutty. And that part. Hey! Just saying. Dude, that's deep. I didn't know you had it in you. You should take a crack at writing music. I bet it would be epic. <laughs> Whatever. Look, okay, there's a rumor going around school about you. Whoa! I was not peeping into the girl's shower. I was simply walking past and tripped over my shoelaces. Doop de doop de doop doop. Oh hey, look at that! My shoes are untied. Funny. Besides, I didn't even see anything. I don't care about that. 
No, I need to ask you a question about Suicide Scott. Oh, what about him? Is it true you saw him once? Ah, that old tale. Well, I would let you listen to our old Princess of Darkness song, The Ballad of Suicide Scott, but it was on a tape that Crow just warped the crap out of. So it was just a song? <laughs> what was it just... Oh, Jacob, my young apprentice, come and sit on bended knee and prepare to learn. There's always a story in the song, dude. Oh, this ought to be fun. A long time ago, in a land not too far away. In fact, it was actually right around here that I saw him. I was mere moments away from getting the snot pounded out of me by Bobby Schmidt, who was a junior. There it was, the end staring back at me in the form of four booger-eating fingers attached to the biggest ham you could call a hand. All of a sudden, this coarse, gnarly, gravelly voice comes up from under the ground and screams, Leave the soon-to-be-cool kid alone! The voice was so cold and menacing that it sent chills up and down my spine. Bobby Schmidt actually wet himself and ran screaming home, a wet stain spreading on his corduroys. Bobby Schmidt? That fat dude who works at Gasmart in Lionsville and gives me crap all the time? Fat Bobby Schmidt? The one and only. Next time he gives you crap, tell him that Suicide Scott sends his regards. I'll shut him up. How'd you know he was a ghost? I mean, how'd it feel? Did he leave a trail of slime? I do not leave a trail of slime. Do I? I don't think so. I would have felt like the head cheerleader at our school. Dude, what's going on? Uh, you're gonna think I'm crazy. I already think you're crazy for not hooking up with Rachel. Ever since I woke with Bessie's insides all over my outsides, I feel like something's been following me. So, now I'm a something? That's not what I'm saying. What? Go ahead, just tell him. Jacob, you've got a level with me, bro. What are you seeing? You won't believe me. Just tell him. Fine! I think I'm being haunted by Rachel Nolan. Sounds way worse than I thought it would. Whoa. I mean... Whoa. I thought maybe you might have an answer. That maybe you'd know if it's... If she's a ghost. Brother, all I know is... All I know. The fortune strikes the most unlikely of places. The guy you should be talking to... Is Dr. Xander Crow. No! No? No! Why not? He's a total ass! He came barging into my house saying he was looking for Rachel. As soon as he found out Rachel wasn't the one he wanted, he took off and wouldn't even give me the time of day. Jake, he's totally cool. Believe me when I say I know cool. And he's cool. Oh my god. Jimmy wants to be Crow's psychic. Look at his face. Jimmy worships the guy. Crow knows his stuff forwards and backwards. If he has something hanging around you, he'll know what to do. You vouch for him? Totally, dude. Fine. Where is he? Let me ask you a question. What? 
Does death and mayhem follow you everywhere you go? Not generally, thank you. It seems I've hit a bit of a rough patch recently. Since you've been here, we've had a woman murdered by a six-year-old, a bartender torn into itty-bitty pieces, a truck smearing a woman across the highway, and a boy who woke up in the middle of a cow. Not to mention that one of our girls seems to have run off. Nothing to do with me, hmm? That dog don't hunt, Doctor. I moved to this town because it was small and quiet. That dog don't hunt. Hmm? Is that your quaint way of calling me a liar, Dr. Minnow? Hmm? I had nothing to do with any of this. The question you should be asking is what they had to do with bringing me here. Uh-huh. Do me a favor. When you leave, try to leave some of us alive, will you? Why did I agree to do this again? You didn't expect me to find what I was looking for with your autopsy notes, did you? Hmm? Your notes make no mention of cause of death. Maybe. The cause of death was inconclusive. Where's the bottle? She was drowned in a bathtub. How is that inconclusive? Start digging. Absolutely not. Where are you going? Over here to make a phone call. Start digging. It's your fault we're here in the first place. How is it my fault? I didn't ban you from the original autopsy. Yes, but you didn't stand up for me, and that hurt. Now keep digging, keep your voice down. I don't know about you, but I don't want a late-night visit from Sheriff stick up his ass. You know, he's actually a good man. Not that hard. Do you hear that? What on God's green earth could you want right now? Oh my goodness, you're testy this time of night as well. Uh, shut up. What do you want? Hey, Crow. I'm getting tired of digging. And I think I'm getting drunk. Please be quiet, Menno. You are drunk. And keep digging. What are you digging up at this time of night? A corpse! What else would I be digging up? Or rather, what else would the good doctor of Wormwood dig up this time of night? You're digging up a corpse. Of course you are, because apparently you're too stupid to learn from your past mistakes. Do you remember what happened in Phoenix? Of course I remember what happened in Phoenix, but that episode of... Grave robbing is much different from this episode of Grave Robbing. What happened in Phoenix? Nothing happened in Phoenix. Keep digging. Jesus, how deep do you bury people in this town? Nothing happened in Phoenix. You were almost killed by a succubus possessing a dead girlfriend. How is that nothing? As you Yanks would say, almost only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. Besides, Bridgette wasn't going to kill me. Maybe you hurt me a little for leaving her at the altar, but... What type of life would that have been for me anyway? Married. Ugh. Besides, I guarantee this corpse is not possessed by a you know, man-hating succubus. And if she was possessed, a good doctor would get it first, so I see. Always looking after yourself first. Crow, what in the hell are you talking about? A succubus? This corpse isn't possessed, is it? No, no, no. 90, 95% chance there's not another spirit inhabiting Emily's corpse at all. 95, maybe 90... 97% chance, but I, I need you to remember one thing. Yeah, what's that? Me phone, you dig! You dig? You're an ass! Yes, I am an ass. I am an ass. I am an ass who knows who you are, dear doctor. What? What do you mean? Of course you know who I am. I'm Pete Minow. Of course you are. Dig. Now, Sparrow, I have to give you another name. It'll probably be a false name, but run it anyway. The name is... Menno. Peter. Doctor. 
Wow, his parents must have been clairvoyant to name him Doctor. Do you think they call him Doctor, Doctor? That's beneath me. Why am I checking out this guy? Because I just received an inadvertent admission that the good doctor is not quite what he seems. Apparently everyone in this town has a cemetery full of bones in their pantry. So what? Small towns across America are filled with people trying to escape the past, or trying to at least outrun it. Why else would anyone live in a small town? I don't like it. This town is odd enough as it is, and I don't want another unknown popping up. Plus, it's easy to blackmail him if I know his secret. You never know when you might have need of a doctor. So, if you wouldn't mind, could you... Oh, I don't know. Do what I bloody well ask you to. Crow, we got something. Sparrow, pleasant chatting as always, but I do have to run. There's body to uncover. Fine. Call me later. All right, Minnow, let's see what we have here. I've cleared away most of the dirt, but I don't know how you're going to get this coffin out of the ground. I am not going to get the coffin out of the ground. I just need to open it up. I'm not taking the poor thing out on a date. How are you going to open it up? You can't get to the locking mechanism. I have a special key. What do you mean? Why are you taking off your glove? Lord, that's disgusting. What the hell happened to your hand? How is that even medically possible? Christ, I'm sober now. Enough! Worry about my hand later, or better yet, forget you ever saw it. Not likely, Hoss. What's that stench? That's not the normal smell of decay. No, right, that's not normal. Help me off a Bloody hell! What happened to her body? It's almost completely decomposed. Damn it! All the evidence that might have been on her is gone. But... Wait. Is that lavender? Honey? Under the smell of rotting corpse? Yeah, I smell it too. Yes, I was afraid of this. What? What would I get if I mixed Carly Brom, Kafka Cruda, Passiflora, Avenia, and Valeria with arsenic and devilish weed? Hmm, well, devilish weed is very rare and very interesting. It makes most poisons undetectable. And the rest of the ingredients combine to make a very powerful sleep agent without the arsenic. Did the body smell of lavender and honey? Was the decomposition pretty advanced? Yes. Hmm. Well, my best guess would be an old country concoction called the Romanian Funeral Potion. The gypsies would use it to hide the bodies of the dead, so the main family could not be found. Once given this potion, the body would decompose at an astonishing rate. What about the arsenic? I have only heard of a couple of occasions where this recipe included arsenic. The gypsies would only include the poison when someone was terminally ill or mortally wounded. Why devilish weed? To hide the arsenic. Your drowned woman was poisoned before she even hit the water. She just didn't know it yet. Interesting. Everywhere we turn in this little town, a question here and a rumor there. Okay, I'll let you get some rest now. (laughs) Sure you will. Why is that? Well, by my watch, you've been at that gravesite for well over two hours. And in a town that small, you've probably been noticed by now. I am 
almost positive that the sheriff is on his way over to arrest you. And once you're safely in jail, I can go back to sleep. <laughs> it's a lot you know. No one's... Oh, you know, which one of you would like to tell me the reason for defiling this poor woman's body? Ha! Remember, during the gang rape, the other inmates won't respect you if you put out right away. Try to make them earn it. Nighty night, boss. To be continued on the next episode of Wormwood. by David Acampo and Jeremy Rogers. Wormwood is an original podcast produced by Habit Forming Films, LLC, featuring the talented cast of Season 1 regular and supporting roles. Arthur Russell as Dr. Xander Crow, Sonia Parozzi as Rachel Nolan and Sparrow, Scott Olenek as Jacob Kidder, Coralie Nickars as Emily Saunders, Deidre Frost and Margaret Roosevelt, Joe J. Thomas as Hank Mason, Phineas Tibbert, Bob Gildenstern, Mr. Bressier, and your announcer, Rob Grindlinger, as Sheriff Tom Bradley, Steve Haskell, Cedric Bloomington, and Julian Callender, Peter Dirksen, as Jimmy Details, Jonesy, and Harlan Panic, Zachary Fawkes, as Charles Edison, Brent Saunders, and Reginald Bloomington, Cheyenne Besize, as Katrina Edison, Lamora Haskell, Emily Bloomington, and Sister George, Anna Maganini, as Lynette Bradley and Peggy Nolan, Andrew Ramirez as Dexter Nolan and young Cedric Bloomington, Dave Johnston as Deputy Wayne Drexel and Jonathan Kidder, and Chris Blaylock as Dr. Pete Menno. Additional voices provided by the talented cast. Staff writers, Jeremiah Allen, Rob Alsbaugh, Tiffany K. Whitney, and Rick Beta. Executive producers, David Acampo and Jeremy Rogers. Original music compositions by Todd Hodges. Sound effects engineered by Chris Sahakian. Copyright 2007, Habit Forming Films, LLC. Wormwood is a serialized podcast and cannot be distributed in part or whole outside of the podcast format without written consent from the creators. For more information on the cast and writers and individual episode credits, visit www.wormwoodshow.com. Thank you for listening, and welcome to town. Do not leave a trail of slime. Do I? I don't think so. I I would have felt like the head cheerleader at our school.